Hi, this is Ashley V. Robinson, star of the Red Shirt Diaries, panelist on Collider Heroes, and host of the Geek History Lesson podcast. And you, my good friend, are listening to the Atomic Podcast. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. And here is your host of the show, Efren Guzman. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Ashley D. Robinson. Ashley, how are you doing? I'm doing so good. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. How's everything in La La Land? It's hot, man. It's been super warm recently. So just to stab the knife into everybody who lives in a colder climate, it's it's been lovely. Oh, what's 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 the temperature about you? Um, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm from Canada, so I don't know American temperature. It's like 26 degrees Celsius. <laughs> okay, well, and basically that means it's hot. <laughs> it's, it, it, is, it is short weather. Yeah. Um, um, let, me ask you a, let me ask you a question before I even start interviewing you. Um, how does it feel not to wear North Face jackets and Timberland boots and um, nautical wear? You know, living alone. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um... It's fine now. I've been in Los Angeles for like six years, so this is like what I'm really acclimated to. Uh, when I go to places with real weather, I went to New York in October for Comic-Con. Um, everyone makes, they're like, oh, you're from Canada, like, you should be fine. And I'm like, come on, man, like, I live in L.A., what do you want? Um, but my preferred weather is like fall weather, so I really miss actually like boots and scarves and trench coats, but I don't miss. Uh, the wet shoes is the thing that I miss, don't miss the most. But, I mean, North Face makes nice clothes, so I might have to bring them back into rotation. Uh, was that your first trip to New York, going to the Comic-Con? Oh, no. I first went to New York uh, in 2007, just as a tourist with my mom, because uh, I was really obsessed with rent, and I like really wanted to go and see the show and go down to like the Lower East Side, which uh, okay. stories... You know, stories that are told in the 90s make it seem, like, really hood, but the Lower East Side is super cool. Yeah. Uh, like, if I lived in New York, that would be where I would really want to live, but I still probably couldn't afford it because Manhattan is ridiculous. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. That's the reason why I moved away from New York. It's just so expensive, you know? You know, if, yeah, yeah, everyone I know who lives there lives, like, in uh, a shoebox. or Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're paying, like, 1600 $1, a month, or they have roommates, and, like, they have a little matchbox room, or they share a fridge, and everything is just so small. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same. Like, real estate prices out here on the West Coast are crazy, but I think we get, we get a little bit more space for a dollar. Oh, uh, okay. So, um, how did you get started in the whole entertainment field? Like, what led you to go to Canada, to California? So, when I was 12, um, <laughs> I saw the first Lord of the Rings movie, so I've just dated myself because I'm my age, uh, and I was like, man, like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen, and that looks really easy, and I'm going to do that for the rest of my life, right? Like, that'll be totally fine. Yeah. Uh, and I was living in a city called uh, Stratford, Ontario, which has the largest professional Shakespeare festival outside of London. Uh, it is named after Stratford-on-Avon, so I had a lot of opportunity to do... Um, a lot of theater there. I went to performing arts high school, uh, and all of that was really celebrated and encouraged. And my parents um, always took the idea that if you want to do something, then do it and get an education and be the best at what it is, whatever whatever it is that you want to do. Like, if you want to be a plumber, be the best 
plumber if you want to be a hockey player be the best hockey player like they didn't really care so they were very supportive which was nice um and then I went to the University of Ottawa I studied theater English and French and in 2010 I was accepted into the American Music and Dramatic Academy College and Conservatory of the Performing Arts in Los Angeles California what a mouthful (laughs) what a mouthful (laughs) It sounds so impressive when you say it like that. Though. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> which was cool because um, the, the year before I'd been, uh, the year before, and one of the main reasons I applied to the school, um, I had been in New York again. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom and I went annually for a long time, and I'd just seen In the Heights and Christopher Jackson, who also um, played George Washington in Hamilton. Um, he was one of the leads of that show, and I just thought he was, like, so incredible and so fabulous. And he is an alumnus of uh, AMDA, the school that I went to, so I was like, oh, he's really cool. Like, <laughs> I think I'm pretty cool. We should go to the same school. Um, and then I got accepted, and I moved to Los Angeles. And um, I spent a semester in New York, but I've basically been in L.A. ever since. And then after I graduated, uh, my first job in L.A. was working in a comic book shop in North Hollywood, which was really cool. And um, I've been like a published writer since I was 14, like mostly plays and little articles and stuff. And then I was like, oh, like comics are cool. I could totally write a comic, right? Like that seems like (laughs) I'm basically make foolhardy decisions and then I follow them. Um, Like that seems like a totally reasonable thing to do. So then um, in 2013, I entered and won the Top Cow Talent Hunt and I wrote my first uh, comic story, which is a backup in Witchblade 175, which was written by Ron Mars, who created Kyle Rayner, who's my favorite Green Lantern of all time, which was super cool. Oh. <laughs> uh, that came out in 2014, and then um, I've done a bunch of stuff since then, a bunch of anthologies, and I'm actually the head editor at Top Cow right now. That's like my day job. Um, and then in 2013, I also, it was a big year for me, <laughs> I also wow. met... Uh, <laughs> Jason Inman, and we started our Star Trek parody web series, The Red Shirt Diaries, and creating our own content like that and doing that rolled over into, it really expanded my reel, and it allowed me a lot more theatrical opportunities as well. Um, I was in an international uh, commercial campaign for Intel with Jim Parsons from The Big Bang Theory um, that I think just went off the air. Um, I did a Mattel commercial as well. I've done a lot of commercial work, and a couple weekends ago I just shot... Um, a music video with a Canadian artist, which was really, really cool. Um, so, yeah, I basically was like, I'm going to be a movie star and move to Hollywood. And I just kept, uh, and I did actually live, I used to live in Hollywood. It's a, it's a little neighborhood, but now I live on the other side of the mountain from it. Um, and, yeah, and then I just refused to leave. So <laughs> if you stick it out long enough, something's going to work out, right? <laughs> I'm saying, but at age 14, you wrote, you wrote your first Right at age fourteen, you were saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wow. But like I said, I went I went to performing arts high school, so like okay. it was probably a slightly different environment. Um, and our fall showcase was always, um, uh, like like student written stuff. So okay. I wrote this play, and then it was published, like you know, in a really small local thing. It's probably not very good. <laughs> um, <laughs> if I go back and examine it, I think I'd probably be super embarrassed. Um, but it it was about this this girl in high school and she really wanted to be popular and like nobody liked her and um she didn't speak throughout the whole show um but personifications of her emotions came out and spoke and so she finally gets invited to like this cool party 
and uh, she gets this fake ID, and she goes out to buy booze, and then she gets, like, harassed by these two guys outside of um, the liquor store, and they steal the alcohol from her, and then they uh, run her over with a car. Okay, wow. It's it's revealed in, like, the final monologue by her best friend that um, they get angry at her because she's not answering them. Um, that she was deaf and that's why she didn't answer. So that's why like her emotions spoke for her the whole time. So at 14, I was clearly in a very dark place. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's amazing. At 14, you know, you, you did that and, you know, you had a passion early on to, you know, be at that type of field, being a writer. Um, being in California, have you dealt with um, so many different type of personalities that gives you influence for writing? Oh, man. Yeah, like both good and bad. Um, oh. There's a really funny button that you can find people selling, and it says, uh, like, something like, be nice to me, you might wind up in my novel, or be nice <laughs> to me, you might wind up in my screenplay. Yeah. Um, that's for real, for real, because I find in California, and I think it's because the creative culture here with film is very different than, um, like, if you're in New York um, or even Toronto or London, like, they're much more theatrically um, driven communities, in, in my opinion, and it, obviously this is a gross, like, oversimplification, but I find that in, in New York, for example, like, people are assholes. Can I say that? Can I swear? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can, sw- you can say whatever you want. It's fine. All right, so, like, people are assholes, but they're, like, really talented, or, like, they've yeah. done cool stuff, or they have a really unique perspective, or they have, like, an accolade or something. Mm-hmm. And in L.A., people are assholes because they think they're famous, um, <laughs> which can be like hilarious but also really really tiresome yeah but then the weird the weird thing about LA is that and this took me a really long time to do um but once you build your community and you start getting involved with different production companies you can really find some like truly amazing and generous creative people like I work a lot with uh Collider and Schmo's Nose and from the bottom of my heart everyone who works there is amazing and I adore them, and I would do anything for them. Like, they're just an amazing creative force. They're really, really positive. And so, like, the fans of the community is really positive. Mm. Um, But sort of depending on what you're doing um, and what level of people you're dealing with, because, like, executives are different than, you know, interns or receptionists, Mm -hmm. um, you'll meet a lot of really strange people in a day, and that can be really frustrating or really enlightening, but either way, it's inspiring. Like, I guarantee you... Um, everyone I've written has a piece of somebody that I've encountered in them. Wow. Um, you know, you mentioned Collider and Schmoes. Um, how did you get involved? How did you get involved in that whole, you know, empire, basically? <laughs> Through straight up nepotism. Um, so, um, I'm married to Jason Inman, and he works. He worked with Collider on their Arrow After Show uh, last year, and then. For Heroes, they were looking for a new panelist, and um, through Jason, I know everyone uh, at Collider. I know John Schnepp, I know John Campia, I know Christian Harloff, I know Mark Ellis, like Josh McCuga, I know all those guys, Yeah, uh, Wendy and Clark. So um, they were looking for someone, and I was suggested, and because they knew me, um, and they knew sort of like what I did for work and what I was about. Um, I was given a chance to go on and be a guest panelist on Collider Heroes, and now I am um, and the alter, basically the, one of the alternating slots on the show. Um, and then if you watch uh, Schmodown, I'm going to be making my debut there in both a tournament and a single match coming up. 
So um, it's 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 this weird thing that people say about show business or entertainment that uh, it's it's who you know, and mm-hmm. a lot of it is that. Some of it is right place, right time, and you get really lucky. But all of the best opportunities that have come my way that have been lasting um, have all been through relationships that I have, or by seeking a relationship with somebody who you know does what you want to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so true that you say that because in life, even like with certain jobs, you know, I got people certain jobs because I was already in there. So, you know, it was by association that, you know, they even got the interview and they got the job. So I, I definitely can understand that, you know, but, um, you know, you know, since you have there's you have like. Uh, from producing and writing and and commentary your own views and thoughts um how do you deal with you know people who you know probably make asinine comments or you know you know know what i'm saying that's like another part of being in the spotlight where you have to deal with people who don't agree with your opinions you know how the old saying opinions are like assholes everyone has one um how do you deal with yeah how do you deal with like the negativity sometimes um it's tough, you know, and it's yeah. tough not to take some of that stuff personal. I'm sure anyone who puts anything out there is going to experience, I'm sure you've experienced, like, a ton of just, like, completely unsolicited uh, jerkiness. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was told recently that um, I hate white people, which I found sort of hilarious because I am white people. Um, <laughs> I do talk a big game about diversity and representation but it's because I really think that it's important and I think that if um, if people who are given the spotlight yeah. whether it's as small as mine or as big as like Shailene Woodley's if you don't take that opportunity yeah. to talk about people who are marginalized and who deserve representation then no one is gonna nothing's gonna change you know yeah. but so someone recently told me that I that I hate white people um, and I wanted to respond that I am white people, but then they're like, I, I try not to engage stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Um, some of it I will. There was a while where every time, like, someone told me that I should get AIDS and die. Oh, my God. Oh, my um, God. I, I, rem- I remarked that I'd gone to Planned Parenthood because I do use Planned Parenthood's, like, birth control and health services, and I, I believe in them as an organization. Um, I remarked that I'd gone there, and someone was like, I hope you uh, get raped and then go to have an abortion and, like, you die on the table. Oh, um, And I think I shared that one. Ooh. And I was just like, I don't even know, man. Like, because I don't have a huge following, but I have enough people who... Um, are very supportive and like I know certain people online like even if I don't know them in person like I have an online relationship with them yeah um and they'll stick up for you and like that's really it's really important to keep good people in your corner um but like some of it's really funny like someone commented um on a video that I did and they were like oh Ashley's obviously like a dyke Oh. And I shared the comment, and I was like, can you tell Orange is the New Black that I would make a fantastic lesbian, because I'd really like to be on that show? <laughs> or, or someone said that I looked like a man, and I was like, can you tell Warner Brothers that I look like a man, because I would love to play Tim Drake. Like, I try to be... Wow. I try to be... Um, you brush it off your shoulders. About it. Yeah. Yeah, like... like I know, I know the better thing to do would be to engage people, but yeah. I'm also more worried about protecting, like, my own mental health. Like, I have enough shit to worry about, like, with people I like, yeah. <laughs> you know, or, like, people that I'm working with that I don't need to invite it into my home um, from some dude. Uh, and it's not always dudes, but, like, 99% of the time it's dudes. I'm really sorry. Uh, but from some <laughs> dude who lives in, like, I don't know, like, the middle of nowhere, and yeah. I'm never going to meet 
and who doesn't really care about me. Like, they're just mad because they wish they were, yeah. you know, doing whatever it is I do. But it, there's no right answer, you know. It's yeah. just, like, you have to believe in what you're doing. And you have to look... If you're looking for criticism and if you're looking to grow, because there's always stuff that we can all improve on, don't take it from randos on the internet. Like, take it from someone that you trust. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's people, there's a lot of hate out there, you know, especially <laughs> what we were talking about it before we got on, what's going on in the world. But there's so much hate out there and there's so much jealousy that, you know, no one's truly happy for anyone. You know, they, somebody just, they're upset because they want your spot, you know, basically. Like, oh, I wish that could be me up there, you know? Like, there's people out there. Th- I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say, I, I know that sounds like super arrogant, but like I really believe it. And, and <laughs> yes. I don't, I don't know why you wouldn't use your jealousy to make what you're doing better. Like, um, I also do a podcast, and um, Aaron Mankey, who does the Lord, just sold his podcast to be a TV show, and I was like, well. Why does he did that? Why does he deserve it? And I don't, you know, like, like, yep. I'm totally jealous of that guy. But, uh, you know, you try to use that to be like, okay, well, I'm going to try and explore ways to increase my audience or maybe a new network or maybe different advertising. Like, I don't understand why you can't channel that feeling for good than for bad. Because just because you're angry at someone or just because you're jealous, like, doesn't mean you don't have to feel that. But yeah. the way you harness it, I think, is is the trick. Yeah, that's true. Um, spending your time with colliders just schmoes and doing your own thing. How much, how much focus do you have on your own work as opposed to helping, um, you know, another company? <laughs> Not enough. Um, that's that's like a really tough thing. Yeah. Um, for me, and it's a tough thing when you're doing commentary on other people's stuff because um, after a while you're you just feel like I don't want to talk about other people's stuff. I want to talk about my stuff. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it, it becomes a sacrifice of your personal time so like okay well i really want to watch all six episodes of the get down right now because jimmy smith's is everything but (laughs) what i'm actually going to do is watch one and then i'm going to go and work on this comic book or this play or this short like whatever it is Mm -hmm. um but hopefully like i said if you have a great community then you don't mind helping other people with their stuff and then hopefully they'll help you with your stuff um we just released um on the java youtube channel a short called the west west wing the next generation because we had an opportunity to shoot on an oval office set wow. and um it was really fun i played alice and Janie's daughter which maybe could happen in real life and that'd be cool except <laughs> i'm like five and a half feet tall um but like all the people who worked on that with us are people that we've worked with on different projects in the past and you know if you can support other people and sometimes it is to the detriment of your own time and your own projects but hopefully it can come back to you but yeah then you just wind up sacrificing fun stuff because you're like i gotta write 22 pages (laughs) you know you and jason are like batman and robin and you know you put out a lot of content and you know the, um, the retro diaries and you know um now you have the west wing there's so much things you guys do together um you guys are like you know, like uh, Heckle and Jekyll and like Tom and Jerry. Like, um, <laughs> is it is it is it the same way or like um, off the camera as it is on the camera? Is it like that chemistry is there? Uh, I think so, um, and I think that's one of the reasons why um, I think it works for us creatively, and yeah. we we do wind up even on things like Heroes. Like, we wind up together a yeah. lot. Um, it's really useful to have uh, a collaborator. Uh, whether you are with them as a partner or not, um, who can just be the, like, can be the same person. Like, when you're on 
you know, like even just even talking to you, like this is obviously like my shiny polished version of myself. <laughs> but, but hopefully, that's close enough to who you really are that you know when you're working with people and then they bleed into your personal life, you know that that it it it's healthy. Yeah. Um, because sometimes it is it is tough too, and this goes beyond my relationship with Jason into like people I'm friends with or people I just collaborate with a lot. Like sometimes you just see a lot of someone and you're like, I need to take a break from you. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 true. That's so true. But it's so weird because seeing you, you have like chemistry with everybody. And like and Jason Jason as well, like when you when he does DC all access, him and Tiffany have great chemistry. You have great um chemistry with John. You know, there's you know it's just so weird because you know there's some people who gel together and some people that don't gel together. Um is there anybody you never really ever gelled with? It was like uh this this is not a right combination? Um, I mean, nobody that I worked with long term at all. I think the great thing about uh, when you're when you're hosting because you're just being yourself, you know. Yeah. Um, if you want it to work, it'll work. Um, and like we're really fortunate, we got to work with like a lot of really cool people. Um, like Timothy Smith um, is a lovely human being, and uh, the Johns Campia and Schnepp. <laughs> are, are totally lovely campy and my fellow Canadian gotta shout that out um, but you know it's tough sometimes when you work with people on a short term because excuse me if you're only working with them for one episode you don't necessarily have a chance to like create much of a relationship mm-hmm. um, more of the problems that I've had was like I've interviewed a couple um, I, I do a lot of like movie junkets and stuff and I've interviewed people and because they are they're doing that for like 12 hours a day and most people are asking them the same six or seven questions you can just tell they're really tired mm-hmm. um, and so that you know your video is not going to be good but you can you can only do so much barring being like hey man can you like do a good job because that's rude <laughs> yeah um, um, how would you describe yourself in terms of attitude and personality <sighs> Accidentally abrasive. Um, <laughs> I am a, I'm kind of a cynic, which is something I'm, I'm trying to work really hard to get over. Really? Um, and pe- yeah, and people think it's like hilarious because they expect Canadians to be like real happy. Yeah. Um, but I said something really harsh today. I can't remember what it was. But Jason told me it was like super mean. Um, oh, and you don't remember it. <laughs> I don't, but I, rem- I remember like laughing because I didn't think it was like particularly mean. I feel like I'm tired all the time, and that's like my defining quality. <laughs> um, I would like to say I'm very driven, mm-hmm. but I don't know if that's true. Um, I'm pretty loud, which I think helps with the hosting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's more than like ten seconds of silence, I always feel like an obligation to fill it. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. But I also feel like fiercely, uh, fiercely private. Like I'm not super interested in talking a lot about like my home life or my personal life or anything like that. Which, when you're someone on the internet, again, like whatever skill, yeah. I don't care if you have, you know, a hundred Twitter followers or a million. And, and I definitely don't have a million. But um, people, I think, because they have such easy access to you, they feel like they can own you, and then it becomes this exercise in what you want to share with people because then people will come back and be like shitty to you about it um yeah. i posted a picture of me wearing um a picture of me wearing a t-shirt with a drag queen on it because like i love drag queens <laughs> um and it's like a men's t-shirt but i was like i don't care like this is cool art and i love her and i'm gonna wear this and someone was like um oh you look like really fat in that oh, it's like man. oh great oh thanks man like Maybe I do. Um, maybe that was valid, but like, what do you gain by putting that out there? Like, maybe I am fat. Who gives a shit? 
Great. If you do, then I don't want you to follow me. There, that's what. That's how I'm harsh, I guess. Um, people will like uh, just to bring it back to the election. I was like, if you followed, if you voted for Trump, don't follow me. And yeah. if you voted third party, like double, don't follow me. <laughs> um, and then I lost like 25 followers, and I was like, well, I guess I asked for it. Yeah. Um, or people will say, someone said something where they, about how they hated me. On, on this podcast, and, and I was like, I think it was Major Spoilers podcast, I can't remember, and yeah. I was like, that's cool, like, you can go make your own free podcast, yeah. <laughs> you know, or like, easy peasy, don't listen, and they were like, it is easy, I won't listen, and I was like, that's fine, man, like, that's cool, <laughs> I don't care, so um, I guess sometimes I get, like, accidentally abrasive. <laughs> you know, um, um, I didn't really want to talk about it, but since you mentioned Trump, um, what is your... <laughs> What is your opinion, Ashley, on this whole situation? Um, I think it's I think it's very sad. Uh, yeah. You know, like when you're a kid and your parents say, "I'm not mad, I'm disappointed." Yeah. Like that's how I feel. I just feel like kind of not crushed, but like just like <sighs> really. Um, yeah. I don't think that's a surprise. Um, I think if you follow me, then it's pretty obvious that. I come down really hard on um, equality and representation and women's rights and mm-hmm. LGBT plus rights and social justice and all that. Um, so then I'm taken aback when people accuse me of, of, of being, uh, a, a Trump can accuse me of being transphobic, which I thought was like hilarious the other day. Um, so I'm not happy about it. Like, can we just have President Handsome for a third term? That would be great. I'm all for that. Someone was saying online that Michelle Obama's going to run in 2020, and that's the first American election I'll be able to vote in, and yeah. if she's the first president I get to vote for, like, that would be a beautiful moment in my life, so let's yeah. make that happen. Yeah, I know but, this, yeah, but, it's it's just crazy how how everything is turning out. You know, I'm, I'm sure California is the same thing with New York with the protests, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they, the, there was a big protest outside the city hall, and they shut down a bunch of the major freeways and like LA is freeway culture like if you can't get on the freeway you're screwed so it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting 90 or so days um to see what to see what happens I'm actually more frightened that he might step down and then we'll have Pence for uh, (laughs) for your term yeah that's a whole different scenario (laughs) yeah well I'm saying you know they you know Obama and him had the olive branch they met and you know Mm -hmm. Let's just let's just hope, like you know, let's just hope everything will be okay. You know, just hope for the best. You know, I do. I hope um, it's tarnished hope, but I hope. Yeah. It's now, like the Superman symbol. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it needs hope. <laughs> um, um, what type of movies do you enjoy? You know, since you're in the comic realm, are you a huge, huge fan of comics, or is it any? Do you like the romantic movies? Is there any particular movie that holds a dear place in your heart? That's so funny. I'm, like, not a romance movie person. Uh, <laughs> unless they're, like, real old. Like, 16 I'm Candles really, like, or nothing like that? 16 Candles or... Uh, I'd go pretty in pink if I had to go, like, oh, okay. 80s. okay. John Cryer is cute, cute as fuck in that. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. No, um, yeah, you can say Chris I, whatever you want. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, but if, if, I was gonna, if I was gonna watch, like, a romantic movie, like, I would go back to, like, 1930s screwball comedy. Um, I think His Girl Friday and Bringing Up Baby are amazing. Yeah. Anything with Cary Grant... And um, Catherine Hepburn. I'm on board for that. But in terms of movies, like my favorite movie in the whole wide world is uh, Lord of the Rings: Return of the King, extended edition. Because I want my money's worth. Uh, I want that five-hour movie. 
Um, I actually own Aragorn's sword after it's been reforged, and Daryl, it hangs on my wall. Oh my god. Um, I, have, I have Arwen's Evenstar necklace, I have the Lothlorien leaf brooch, and I have Nenya, which is Galadriel's uh, ring of power. So wow. that's like... It's you, a good time in my mind. <laughs> you know what they say, like a man, a, um, a, um, a key to a man's heart is his stomach. Well, a, a key to a good relationship is liking the same thing. So that's amazing. That's so amazing. That's, that's, that's so true. Um, I do really like comic book movies. Like, obviously, uh, Doctor Strange, I think, has been... I won't spoil anything. No, no, you could, you know, you could, you could spoil it because I, I did a review on it. So tell me, what is your take on okay. Doctor Strange? Go ahead. Um, I think it was really refreshing because it's it's we've seen a lot of superhero origins and I love a good origin story, but uh-huh. when you have to crush it down into like a two and a half hour cinematic piece, you really get to see the formula. Uh-huh. And I feel like a lot of Marvel stories have just been setting up for the next event, so it was so nice to see uh, Doctor Strange just concerned about its own world. Yeah. And I just, I really dug it. Like, I love Benedict Cumberbatch and Chewie Tele Geofor, so, like, I was in. I'm like, you got, like, the hottest white guy and the hottest black guy, and you stuck them in the same movie together? Like, sold. I'm totally in. And I, I also, uh, I love Benedict Wong, and I thought he was very funny in it. Um, I won't talk about whitewashing till the Swinton's character, though. No, um, babe, talk. Talk yeah. all you want. What, what? No, it was just, it was a bummer. I mean, she's yeah. great, because she's a fabulous actor, but I don't think that excuses, like, the act of... Yeah doing that in the first place, but yeah, I really dug it, because, like, around the time of Ant-Man, I, I like Civil War, but I feel like I didn't like it as much as everyone else did, uh-huh. um, I really started feeling like you could see the formula that Marvel works with, and, yeah. um, Scott is my favorite of the Ant-Man characters, but I think he's just much stronger in a supporting role, like, I liked him a lot more in Civil War than I did in his standalone movie, and yeah. because Doctor Strange Maybe because it wasn't as funny. It wasn't as, like, punchline joke. Like, it was funny because yeah. his joke sucked. Yeah. And then it didn't pay off until, like, the final battle with Wong. And, like, I thought that was hilarious. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I just, I really liked Doctor Strange. Um, well, I'm going to, I'm so excited for Wonder Woman. Oh, yes. I'm but, oh, oh. super excited for that. So, but, like, the best movie... Okay, so I've been thinking a lot about the best movie I've seen this year. Okay. Because it's it's about that time where everyone's going to start asking you. And I just saw um, an independent movie called Moonlight with uh, uh, Mayor Shala Ali and Naomi Harris. Oh, is that that? I heard so much about that. Is it really that good? It's so good. It's, like, it's stunning. And all the acting is on point, And the story is really amazing. Um it's not a story that is, like, wholly revolutionary. It's not a new way of storytelling, but it's just so elegantly and so skillfully presented. Mm-hmm. Um, and ever since House of Cards, like, I'm really on board with, like, Mayor Shala Ali, and, like, I'll watch anything that he's in. Yeah. So I went into it pretty blind just because I knew that he's in it. Yeah. Um, and I just think, I think it's such elegant storytelling, and it really speaks to the power of independent film. But that is, like, a real um, slice-of-life examination of what it's like to grow up poor in Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, but on, on the other side of that, I also think 10 Cloverfield Lane was really awesome, yeah. which is, you know, um, yeah. three white people stuck in a bunker trying to fight a giant monster <laughs> in the sky. Um, but I love a good kaiju story. So I was like, I really enjoyed that. And I thought that, again, it's just a really compressed way of storytelling because they're really restricted to that one set. And I admired what they could do with all of those 
with, with, with the characters and their, their respective complexities. Mm. But my my movie taste especially is really driven by actors. So, like, I was excited for 10 Cloverfield Lane because John Gallagher Jr. was in it. Okay. Um, and I, I saw him on Broadway in the original cast of Spring Awakening, and, like, I think he's amazing. So, <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, obviously, like, oh, my God, what's her name? Ramona Flowers, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yes. And, uh, yes. You know, like, yeah. it's a great cast. But my favorite movies this year have really been, like, kind of these small personal stories told on a single set, (laughs) as opposed to, like, Doctor Strange I had a great time with. Um, And I liked Batman v Superman. Like, it's not perfect, but, like, I didn't have a bad time at it or anything. Um, But I like those more than the big action pieces, uh, ironically, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's funny that you said San Cloverfield Lane because what I got excited about was John Goodman. I was like, all right, John Goodman. You know, everybody was excited for the rest of the cast, but I was just more excited that John Goodman was like headlining. So, you know, he's have he's. You seen, um, have you seen Alpha House? He's so good in that. Oh no! Is it? He's is is it? No, is it on DVD? Alpha House or? It's um, it's like an Amazon original series, and it's about this oh, house okay. that these like four, I think they're senators live in, and he's like the guy from South Carolina. He's got a big dog, and he's like the really, it's a comedy, he's the really rambunctious one. It's very funny, and and if you're a John Goodman fan, I think you should check it out. Oh, okay, I don't have Amazon rats, but I, you know, I have... I'm sure you can, I'm sure you can buy it somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Um... (laughs) Ashley, um, so far, what has been your most memorable moment in your career as of now? Hmm... That's a really interesting question, because there's like a, a, a bunch, I guess, really. Um, but one significant one that it stands out above the rest. Okay, so last year I went to the Star Trek Las Vegas convention. Oh, wow. Uh, in, Las Vegas, in Las Vegas, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I went around, I'm not a cosplay person because I'm lazy, um, <laughs> but I went around the first day in uh, the dress that I wore from for the Retro Diaries, we were trying to promote our second season, and a guy stopped me because it was his daughter's birthday, and she really liked the show, and so I sang happy birthday to her over FaceTime, and it was, like, the nicest thing. Like, stuff like that really means a lot to me. Like, it's cool to be on a, a, a giant set with a camera against... Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory, like, that's really cool, don't get me wrong, like, yeah. that's great, it's it's cool to be, like, picked up at the gate of a studio and, like, driven to where you need to go, it's cool to do a giant panel and then, like, take pictures with people after, um, but yeah, stuff like that really means a lot to me, and I take it very seriously because I think when you're in, again, no matter how big or how small, when you're in a, a, a position of being a semi-public figure, it's really important to, uh, you know, know that there might be little children's looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that'd probably be like a big. That's a big highlight for me. Well, and yeah, I was gonna ask you, what are your fans like? You know, as well. But I'm sure you, you know, you already mentioned some of the certain fans that say <laughs> different comments, but but uh, they're mostly mostly great. Yeah. Um, the great thing about like about the YouTube thing and like what I do on YouTube is yeah. that they're mostly just people like me. Yeah. Uh, which is super cool. Like, they're people that I would be friends with. There's a bunch of fans that, because I got to know them online and I got to know them in person, like, they are friends with me now. Um, or I have a really good friend named uh, Adam Drozen. He works at Paramount, and he did all of our um, 
he built all of our props and was a, a PA on set for Redshirt Diaries. Like, he contacted us because he saw our first season and he liked it. And so we met him, and he's amazing. And now he's, like, my real-life friend. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. yeah, it's cool. But it's, like, super, it's, I don't know, it's, like, weird when you break it down like that. But that's the great thing about the Internet is that it is egalitarian and it is collaborative. Um, and so then when, you know... The, the accessibility thing is, is a blessing and a curse, but it does allow a lot of people access and it allows you to build relationships. Um, I have a comic book coming out next year that Jason uh, co-wrote with me, and our artist is a guy who drew fan art of Jason from Screen Junkies who was just, like, really talented, and so now we know him, and, you know, he works for us. But, yeah, I think most people, oh, wow. at least most people that I see, I don't read YouTube comments, so I don't know, maybe if I did, my opinion would be different. Yeah. Um, but most people that, like, seek you out and to engage with you are pretty awesome. And that's the stuff you should really... It's harder to focus on that than on the negative. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, most people are cool. Wow. I don't um, Google myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the single best piece of advice you ever received from anyone in the entertainment field? Oh, just do it. Um... It's an incredibly vexing piece of advice because you go to people that you admire and they say, like, you know, you say, oh, I want to make a movie. How do I make a movie? Oh, I want to make a comic. How do I make a comic? Like, just do it. And sometimes that's an expensive undertaking. Um, But I think it's really, I think it's really true and I think it's really worth it. Like, I don't care if you're making a low-rent play at a tiny theater that 30 people come to or... Uh, you know, a con- an Ashcan comic book that you're going to hand out to people at the convention or a YouTube video that gets 300 views. Like, all that stuff is so important. And that's the practice that's going to make you perfect because if you just sit around and you don't do anything, like, no one is going to come along and give you Batman. No one is going to come along and cast you as Batman. Like, you have to make those opportunities. And, I mean, everything that I've gotten... You know, even through even through people who became friends and acquaintances and, and like that has been because I have content out there. It's because I have a reel. Like, 50% of my theatrical reel is stuff that we made. And 50% of my hosting reel is stuff that I shoot in my office. But that's, like, the best advice. And, and with that, you have to learn how to edit. You have to learn how to produce. Uh, you have to learn how to compile a pdf in adobe acrobat and it's not something that you want to do because you're like i'm an actor i'm a host i'm a writer i don't want to do that stuff but having those skills will make you more valuable to other people as well going forward um and then uh, a piece of advice that i heard that i think came from morgan spurlock originally is that it takes five years it takes five years from the time that you arrive in a place and you start working to build up enough relationships with people that they're going to want to hire you and you're going to want to, and you're going to be successful. And I think that is really true. I think you get, sometimes you get really lucky. Some people get it really early. Um, but my fifth year in LA, like I broke, I booked my first commercial and I wrote my first comic book. So, um, you know, I think sticking it out and that's really hard because sometimes you have to take a day job money is really important persistence and producing your own content Um, and that's the advice I would give I would give to anyone and like you know you can shoot really high like you can shoot to work at um, I don't know BuzzFeed BuzzFeed's pretty well known Um, right away but you'd be better off writing your own Tumblr blog for three months so that you had three months worth of samples and then 
maybe someone will pick you up because they liked your opinion piece on The Flash or something. Yeah. Um, out of all your resume from actress, producer, writer, you know, editor, um, what is, you know, I, I know you do everything, but what is your forte? What is your coup de grace? What is, what is Ashley, you know? Not editing. Um, <laughs> I'm not a good editor. I can edit. Um, I learned how to edit so that I could do... Uh, my girl on Supergirl show because I didn't have anyone who would edit for me. Um, and I cried for the first six, I think I made. Like, yeah. I cry at everything, so it's not like that huge a <laughs> deal, but um, I'm definitely not an editor. I would never be hired to be an editor, that's for sure. Um, monetarily, I think it's acting because yeah. I think I've made the most money doing that. Um, but I get a lot more gigs. Um, writing and hosting than anything else right now um you know i just i just want to tell stories so <laughs> uh i would like for i would like for it to be i would like for it to be actor but realistically it's it's probably writing or hosting yeah um i know hosting is probably like your main thing right now because you're involved in so many things um how's how's podcasting for you how do you enjoy podcasting I enjoy it a lot more now than I did when I started. Um, when I started, I was super... I'm not very funny. Um, like, I don't have jokes for days or anything. I feel like I'm accidentally funny. Or, like, I'll say, I won't know what, like, an American thing is, and that's very funny. Um, <laughs> I didn't know Cheesecake Factory was a real place because I thought it was a stupid name, and then we drove by one one day, and it's a real restaurant. Um, <laughs> uh, so... I like podcasting a lot. Um, when we do on Geek History Lesson 2, I get to learn a lot doing the research. Although, when it's something that's a very silly character with no plots, really, it, it can be really difficult and it can take a lot of time. Um, but now, I've been doing it for almost three years, so like for me, it's very much like down to a science. Like, this is the day we record, so I start researching on this day, I write this many pages. You know, I know about this many pages fills up about 45 minutes, and then we can talk for 15 minutes, and these are good kinds of questions for discussion, these are not. Like, now it's just this weird part of my life. Um, the coolest thing about it is that it has opened up a different audience than the on-screen stuff, because people can take you with them more than they can take YouTube with them, mm -hmm. um, and it's gotten me the opportunity to be invited to a bunch of conventions, and, like, that's cool. Like, it's cool to have Phoenix Comic Con be like, hey, we would like you to come and hang out in the desert where it's 90 degrees or something <laughs> in Fahrenheit that's hot. Um, <laughs> you know, stuff like that is really cool, but I like podcasting. Like, it's fun time, and because we're... I mean, we're part of the Major Spoilers Podcast Network, but because we're independent, uh, we don't have to answer to anyone So, besides ourselves. So as long as we're happy with the content that we're creating and it seems like fans are responding, then we can kind of do whatever. Like, there's no pressure to do to hit this deadline or to, um, you know, pimp this product or this person's thing. Like, I feel like, you know, if, you're, if you work for a larger network, they might be interested in promoting different things internally than you as an independent collaborator. Are, are interested in but uh if someone wants to hire me to do a podcast i'm also fine with that <laughs> oh. um you know there's there's like you know how the old saying their grandmother has a podcast you know there's so many podcasts out there from um yeah you know kevin smith's um podcast networks um chris hardwick and you know the list you know mark Marin. the list goes on and on um is there a particular podcast that you hear or you don't have any time in the day to hear a podcast or is, you have a particular favorite one uh, well, it takes me, 
like an hour to drive 16 miles to work, so <laughs> I got pod- I got podcast time. Um, I really I have two podcasts that I just started listening to. Um, one is brand new, and one is not that I think are, are very fascinating. One is a, a BuzzFeed podcast called "See Something, Say Something," and it is about being Muslim in America, and it sounds like it would maybe be kind of dire, yeah. but it's not. It's super cool. <laughs> You're like, saying that. I think I figure it's like a deep podcast. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> nah. The, oh. the last, I mean, it is, but oh. um, I don't know much about Muslim culture outside of Kamala Khan, so yeah. um, I'm just like, yeah, that seems cool. So there's one episode that's all about um, jinn, which are their mythological creatures that inspired the genie and a bunch of them sit around and tell the stories that their families told about Jin and like that's really cool and the last one was about fandom and the the host of the podcast goes around um interviewing a bunch of people dressed as Kamala Khan and asking like what she means to them and why they chose to cosplay as her and then he talks to this little like six-year-old girl at the end and he's like who made your costume for you and she says Allah and it's like the cutest thing ever so it's a really for me it's a really interesting like celebration of what it must be like to be Muslim American which is something that I don't know anything about um but it, they're also, it's also created by nerds, so, like, there's yeah. a lot of, like, real nerdy talk. They talk about Naveen Andrews on Lost and stuff like that. Um, and then there's another one called Don't Get Me Started. Don't And it's an interview podcast that's not about interviewing what people do and what they like, but what they're passionate about. Mm-hmm. So somebody who's, like, a comedian will come on and talk about how much they like the New York School of Poets, who are a bunch of poets from, like, the 30s. Wow. Or... Um, how much they like uh, paper organizing systems, like a day planner. And I know that sounds really boring, but it was really fascinating. <laughs> um, the last one I listened to was about Elmore Leonard, um, and I love Justified, so I was all on board for that. Yeah. But I listen to a lot of podcasts, actually. <laughs> and yeah. I, don't like it, I don't like going anywhere in silence, so if I have to walk to anywhere, um, I, will, I will listen to podcast but recently i've been trying to break out of um the the nerdy podcast realm because i have like a ton of nerdy podcasts that i listen to um a lot of which are produced by my friends so like i have um i listened to undisclosed which was the continuation of serial yeah um and it's great and then uh there's a spinoff in the same network from that called military justice about uh, current acts of reformation within like the military uniform code of justice and those are like my dry podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny that you listen to um, different um, podcasts that's not in your realm. So you're not hearing like Kevin Smith. You're not hearing like, you know. I mean, I do. Like I am subscribed to Fat Man on Batman yeah. and Talk Salad and Scrambled Eggs, which is their Frasier podcast that yeah. I think is never coming back. Yeah. Um, Mark Bernardin is a friend, so it's, like, cool to listen to him talk to Kevin. Um, I listen to The Morning Stream and Film Sack and Major Boys Podcast, and, yeah, like, I do have a ton of nerdy podcasts, (laughs) but the ones that I look forward to every week are the non-nerdy ones, because by the time I get through, like, the third or fourth nerdy one, like, we're all still talking about Spider-Man, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, And every once in a while, someone will have a really interesting insight, but they do tend to dredge up the same um, headlines because, like, we're all excited about Doctor Strange and Star Wars, so that's what we're going to talk about this week. Uh, um, any any regrets in life so far? Oh, sure. Um, I do believe, though, like, don't do anything that where you're going to wake up in the morning and say, what if? Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't like regret anything that like haunts me or I mean I regret like when I graduated from school like moving into that apartment in Hollywood with those three dudes and then the guy who was on the lease broke the lease oh shit and I had I was like really poor and had nowhere to go like that was not like maybe my best life decision ever you know or like I regret waiting until I was 26 to get my driver's license like I could have been driving before then um just little things like that but not really um there's like a there's a line in rent that says like no day but today and that's what I try you know try to focus on stuff like that and then like saving for retirement (laughs) (laughs) and um my final question to you ashley is what would the ashley of today tell the ashley of yesterday of yesterday how far how many yesterdays ago yesterday could be when you was a little itty bitty teenager oh man i've actually thought a lot about that um i'm gonna i'm like working on a story that i'm gonna tell them off someday um another podcast at npr that i really like um i would go back to like 12 year old me and i would be like hey keep reading robin comics keep watching star trek deep space nine the best of all potential star treks um oh. that's all gonna throw the comet down oh, <laughs> Julie the- Bashir, hottest star trek character oh. um <laughs> oh we could debate after uh, after 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 the show but go ahead continue <laughs> oh man we totally will um because all of that is going to work out for you one day don't worry about these schmucks who are going to peak at the age of 17 because Facebook has taught me that so many of them do. Um, <laughs> and there are going to be people who love you and celebrate you for what right now seems to make you different and unhappy. Yeah. But the me of yesterday, I'd be like, go to bed before midnight. That's <laughs> what I would say. <laughs> and don't don't put any water on you or Stripe is going to come out, right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a Gremlins reference if you didn't get that. I know, but the one girl Gremlin is like the scariest looking Gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Ashley, unplug your social media. Um, plug every project you have going on because there's plenty. Okay, deep breath. You can find me facebook and instagram at ashley v robinson you can find me on facebook.com slash ash victoria robinson because i don't know uh you can find my dc tv recaps on youtube.com slash jawin j-a-w-i-i-n you can also find uh, the west wing the next generation skit there like us and want to support us you can go to patreon.com slash jawin same spelling where you can pick up the if anthology out from alternate comics i wrote a story in the front of that with jason inman it is the very first story in the book and on patreon you can get a uh, specialized uh, signed copy uh next month i will have a story also alongside jason inman with our same artist nick robles and same letter taylor esposito in the dc comics and idw uh, Love is Love anthology, all the proceeds of that go to support the victims of the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando. Um, I think, oh yeah, and you can listen to the Geek History Lesson podcast at geekhistorylesson.com, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, anywhere else you can find fine podcasts. Our lesson this week is on Jonah Hex. Huh? Uh, awesome, Ashley. Thank you so much, and thank you for coming on, and We'll talk, definitely hope we can talk again, and I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a good one, folks. <laughs>